0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's word. Well, good morning. Whether you're online or with us in person this morning, I'm Brian Wren, I'm your transition lead pastor. It's so good to be with you. Once a month, we have an intergenerational interview and I want to welcome up two friends, Anad and Tyler to come join me right now in these seats. Can we clap for these two? What's great is part of our transition to one gathering brought our generations together. And there's some strength in that and some weakness in that. And one of the strengths is just being together. These guys in blue shirts that were unplanned uh, have really never met each other before. But I know each of them. I know each of their families. And I'm in awe that you're telling me you two have never had a connection Well, one of the reasons is they're 40 years apart in age, all right? You know, they don't hang in the same places in that way. Uh, And so I'd love for you to get to know them and help us grow in just appreciation of being intergenerational together as we do this as as a body today. And so you should know some background. They're both, in my eyes, doctors, all right? And let me tell you why. Uh, Anad is actually a doctor, uh, he oversees medical health services for San Mateo County, so family medical health services for San Mateo County, and has been doing that for the last seven years and been in that field for a, a long time. He is a true doctor uh, when it came, comes to what he does. And then you have Tyler. Uh, what you don't know about him is uh, he could mess with you. He's a doctor because he's got a black belt, all right? Tell us what you got a black belt in.
1: Uh, I do kung fu.
0: Yeah, okay, so just watch yourself, all right, (laughs) around him. He could mess you up. Uh, I have a lot of regard for the discipline and for just how they've given themselves so much. Uh, The other thing we found out that they have in common is what they've experienced this summer. Uh, They've traveled, and that's probably been the thing they've enjoyed most. What I haven't told you is uh, Tyler's a sophomore to be at Woodside High School, and that's a big part of his journey right now, and that starts this week. But I have two main questions for them because I want you to hear about their hearts for the Lord. And Tyler, let's start with you. As a student, Tyler, tell me this. What makes you believe there's a God who loves you and actually wants a relationship with you?
1: Um, So I know there's a God who loves me and cares about me. Um, I've had many natural coincidences over my life. Um, I think they're natural, but they (laughs) most often come when... um, I kind of lean away from the Lord, or I start to stray and lean on my own understanding of things and think I go my own way. Um, take for example, uh, Brian mentioned we traveled um, a little background. We went to Biola with the youth uh, high school youth group, um, and on our way down um, to Biola University, a huge Christian, um, a bunch of churches. Uh, it was I think we counted 67 total. Wow. Drove down, flew down to L.A. Um, We were driving down, bit past San Jose. A bouncing tire comes and almost takes off the door of um, our driver's door. And um, I like to think it was a coincidence. Um, It was definitely Satan um, coming after us. But the Lord protected us, and we came away with um, minimal injuries Mm -hmm. um, all across the car. So, except the door almost came off, but... Tired uh, led to an unnatural spin to the trip. But, yeah, we're all safe. So I think that was definitely protection from the Lord. And I know he cares about me and wants has a plan for me.
0: Mm, That's good. It's rich. Non, how about you? Uh, What is it that makes you believe, especially as a medical professional? I'm always astounded because there's always tension in that medical field. God, a personal God who loves me, what helps you believe in that?
2: Yeah, thanks. Um, I've never really doubted God's desire to have a relationship with me or protection or provision. Um, There are definitely times where I feel unworthy of that. um, Mm. And then I have to be reminded that it's nothing about our worthiness or our goodness, but it's God's great faithfulness and God's great uh, goodness to us. Um, But I've seen that just in so many situations. We, Michelle and I, we didn't think we'd be able to have kids, and God Mm. provided, you know, two kids for us. Um, We, my father passed away a couple years ago, but he had three cancers, and he had, between those, he still survived for 14 years. And, you know, I believe that's prayer and medical interventions and all those Mm. good things. Um, our, Our older child, Izzy, had significant depression, and God protected them from... Uh, harm during that time when Mm. the depression was worse. So seeing this, I really believe that, you know, God works through miracles. God works through supernatural healing. But he also gave us our brains and our minds and science and technology. And both of those are part of God's plan.
0: Yeah. Are you hearing it? 40 years apart, but two men who were saying God's continual provision in the midst of circumstances, helps them believe in his love. And we didn't plan that. I sent him some questions. We kind of threw this together. All right. So I just want you to hear that, that you have two people declaring very similar things uh, about why they believe God loves and cares for them. Let's go back to these three words for the summer. We're going with gratitude, awe, and dependence. Tyler, you start. It's the last question for you today. Which of these three of you really been leaning into growing in the most? Is it gratitude or dependence and why? Uh,
1: that's a really tough question. Um, I, I believe I've grown in all three, all varying degrees. Um, I would say the most growth for me has been probably gratitude. Um, I've had some very tough circumstances. Um, after the trip to Biola, um, I unfortunately came down with COVID. Mm. Um, that was really tough for me in isolation. Um, The thing I've grown most in gratitude and learned the most probably is taking moments for granted Um, you can't really take them for granted Um, I'm sure as I get older and as all of you uh, know as you grow up um, you can never take a single moment moment for granted and um, what it's tough you got to savor it Um, life is a journey and you would it would not be possible with the Lord Um, God kind of shepherding me. And I definitely think I'm very thankful for that Mm. and have learned that through many moments over the summer.
0: Gratitude. Thanks, Tyler. And how about you?
2: For for me, the word for the summer and really for the last few years has been dependence. Um, Michelle and I are figuring out the empty nest thing as our kids are off uh, now, but we've had David home with us for the summer, so that's been great. Um, But, you know, we've had all these transitions, elderly parents, now my mom's alone, Uh, Michelle's dad, he's pretty much blind at this point, Mm. Uh, my sister-in-law's been dealing with breast cancer, we're, you know, changing relationships, developing new relationships, Mm -hmm. um, really changing uh, dynamics of relationships in the family and elsewhere. And I, I'd love to have control over some of these things or actually you know, <laughs> be able to control some of it but recognize that that's really not in the cards. Um, and so I'm so grateful for God's faithfulness and his control and mm. that he's in charge of it and holds it all in his hands.
0: Yeah. Dependence along the way. Yes. Well, thank you both. Let me pray for them. Lord, we just acknowledge that you have brought these two men into our community and we acknowledge you put them in places uh, positions of leadership and just being friends and colleagues to others and family members. and so Lord, I ask as they go today, uh, that they would continue to grow in their gratitude and their awe and dependence. and in the end, God, you'd show them things, uh, and then you'd give them wisdom. and then Lord, you'd use them you'd use them, Lord, to draw other people to themselves wherever they are, whether it's high school. Uh, whether it's in uh, San Mateo County. So go before them. Give them what they need. And we give praise and thanks for their faithfulness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we clap for these men? <clears throat> thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate you both. So good to be with you today. Uh, you can open your Bibles or grab your psalm slice today. We continue our journey uh, in Psalm 119. And we're in this journey of finding the way. Did you just hear two men finding the way? That's the journey we're all on. And as we begin this morning, we really want to focus on this issue of dependence. And I have a picture for you. Uh, I wish life with God was this simple. uh, As simple as this button of submitting a request. Do you ever feel this way? Wish you just had a button where you God, I have a request right now. God, I have a request right now. And is there an app for that? I have a request right now. But part of what I want us to see today in the psalm is, it is that easy. He's ever-present. We're a breath away. We're a moment away. We're a request away of being back in dependence with Him. I found this this week. I was uh, on a unique trip. I don't do this very often, but I went backpacking in uh, south of Seattle around Mount Rainier. Just four people, my wife, myself, uh, my brother and sister-in-law. They're really into it. They've been trying to draw us in, so we joined them. And I found that we were trying to find the way as we were backpacking. Maps are nice. Trails seem to differ at times. And then the flies and mosquitoes came. I'm still recovering from all the mosquito bites. It's dangerous to shave when you have this many mosquito bites. And then it would be hot, it would be cold. And then somebody would say, I just think I left my something or other back there. And we would backtrack. And then I'd be in my tent at night, and it just seemed very confining. And Was I having like a panic attack or just a little claustrophobia? I had a lot of requests to God along that way. A lot of requests to God. And I actually think that's what he desires. He desires for us. And I hope you see that today uh, in this psalm. Our big idea is this, finding the way involves seeking God's gracious support. That's part of finding the way. Last week, finding the way was coming face to face with God's sweetness in his word and being in awe of how it impacts our life. This week, finding the way is really about seeking God's gracious support as we journey along in finding the way. There's three goals of this series, Growing in Gratitude of God's Goodness, We praise God for that this morning, being in awe of his word more and more, and we really focused on that last week, and then growing in just this dependence with God and his spirit. And that's really the focus for this week, and that's what I hope you really seek and see and find in our text this morning. So as we've been doing all summer, I want you to take five minutes in this psalm slice, And if you're at home, turn to Psalm 119, 121 to 136. And if you need a slice of the psalm, raise your hand, because if you haven't been with us, and someone will pass those out if we can get those to people. What we give you is five minutes to sit in this and discover what God is saying to you today in His Word, because His Word is that powerful and is that potent. And so if you're at home today, turn to Psalm 119, 121 to 136, Marty's going to play, and the rest of us, you can see on the screen, circle the words, underline the phrase, ponder the what does this say about God, and what does this mean for me? Brian, we need another one down here in front. Raise your hand if you need a slice of the psalm. So take your time on the front and back of your sheet to do that, or in your own Bible, or at home. May the Lord speak to us right now. 30 seconds. As we've been saying all summer, I hope you find your psalm within this psalm maybe it was one line today maybe it was one word today for you that God is speaking that draws you back into gratitude or maybe awe or greater dependence when I look at this passage uh There's so much in here, and so I've made a simple outline for us to understand what's really playing out in these 16 passages. When you look at it, when I look at this overview, there seems to be this cadence that's playing out. It starts with declaring allegiance to the way of God. It then, by verse 121, the second half through 126, then comes some requests Then it draws back into this allegiance from Psalm 127 or verse 127 to 131. There's this allegiance again, declares allegiance to the way. But then back into request from verse 132 to 135. And then back again, finally declaring some allegiance. Let me show you that specifically. So you see the pattern? I'm with you, God, but I have these needs. God, I believe in you, but boy, I have these needs. God, I want to go your way. That's the psalmist. I think that's actually a really wonderful human way to be with God. And I hope you see the humanity of that. And I hope that gives you actually permission to be that human with your Lord. You go back to verse 121. Look how it starts. I have done what is righteous and just, God. I've been trying all right. I know of your way and I've been, I've been doing it. All right? Might not be perfect, but I have been. And then look at here come the requests. There's really six requests rapidly fired off here or five, depends how you count them. Do not leave me to my oppressors. There are people who don't like me. They don't say the right things about me. They're against me. Don't leave me to them. I feel vulnerable around them. Ensure my well-being, your servants' well-being. Do not let those arrogant people oppress me. They don't understand you nor me. Can you relate to this? In essence, what the psalmist is saying, will you protect me? And then look at this line. My eyes, 123, fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. When the word salvation is used in this context, it's saying rescue me. I'm looking for your rescue. I need you to rescue me in this situation that I am in. And then he goes on to say a line that is probably the one that stands out to me. Will you deal with me according to your love? Isn't that an interesting line? I've never said that to the Lord. Will you deal with me according to your love? The psalmist believes God will be gracious. The psalmist believes that they are loved. So will you deal with me in that way? I don't get it right. I think sometimes our kids would possibly say this to me. Would you give me a break? I know you love me. Can you show me some love? All right. You've been coming down and life's tough enough, but I need you to love me here. Maybe our spouses speak to that more than anyone else. Hey, could you deal with me in a loving way? because I know you love me. It goes on to say, will you give me discernment? Teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. And then, this is where it shifts. I find this interesting in 126. It's time for you to act, Lord. Wow. Bold statement to the Lord, isn't it? All these requests, and now it's, Lord, it is time. You need to do something now. Your law is being broken. People are out of line. How are you going to bring justice? That's what's really being asked here. The psalmist then sm- switches their attitude now again to declaring allegiance. And let, just re- let's read through these four lines, 127 to 131. That would actually be five lines. Because I love your command more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, do you see the high view of God's word here? There's an awe of God's word. I hate every wrong path. Have you ever made a declaration of that as you're journeying along the way? God, I I hate the wrong path. Help me not go there. I love what you have. It is so much better than that, Lord. Help me to despise that and want this more. That's a fair statement to God. That shows a heart yearning for God. The psalmist goes on to say, your statues are wonderful and they're worthy of obeying. The unfolding of your words gives light. Do you remember that from last week? It was sweet. It gave light. It gives understanding to the simple Psalm 131 shows the true heart. I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. (laughs) I'm just waiting. What do you have for me, God? But then here come the fury of requests. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do those whom love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule in me. God, help me. Remember, I hate that. Help me to walk this way. This is a psalm where the psalmist knows good and evil and is declaring that's what they want to do. They want to walk in the goodness of God. Redeem me from all the human oppression that I may obey your precepts. Will you shine your face on me? And will you teach me? And then look at the heart at the end of this. Streams of tears flow from my eyes for your law is not obeyed. There's a grieving going on here. Do you see the humanity in this? The psalmist, when I first read this, I'm like, You are all over the place. And you're demanding of God. And you you love God's way. And you're stuck in this tension of the path leads me to stuff that's not good for me, and the path leads me to goodness, and I need to hate this and lean into that. Welcome to the journey of finding the way. This actually gives me hope in the end because it's not very straightforward. It's kind of a stream of consciousness, and it's raw honesty with God. Can you agree? There's a beauty to that, that the chaos and all that. It leads me to this question, and I hope you can see the macro journey of others with God as we answer this question. Can one really ask this much of God? Can one really ask this much? Is anybody good enough to ask this much? We know that's not true. You're not good enough. We're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Can you have enough faith to actually be able to ask this? Yeah, I would say. Faith is what gives you the opportunity to have the relationship with God. These men, it's by faith they stand here and talk about their journey and see the good and bad and want the dependence and see the gratitude in it. But can one really ask this much of God? Here's what I know. The Bible proves it. The the history with God proves it. Think of Moses. Moses in Exodus, you know what he did? He's like, God, you can't judge those people. I know they've done terribly wrong. Do not judge them in that way. God, will you not judge them? And what does Moses do to God's mind? Changes God's mind. What did Jesus do? Jesus endlessly told stories about people who made endless requests to God. There was one of the persistent widow, he tells us in a parable, she goes to the judge and asks, and asks, and asks, and finally is like, this woman is asking so much, I'm just going to give it to her. The point of the story is just about being persistent in asking. How about when you go to the Lord's Prayer, where there's just the really simple line, it's easy to miss, give us This day, Lord, our daily bread. It's just a really simple request of provision. Can we really ask this much of God? How about when Jesus goes on to declare and he says these words, ask and you will what? Receive. He's wanting us to ask. How about Jesus himself in the garden when he asks for the cup to be taken from him? to not experience. Even Jesus himself asked what seemed like the question that couldn't be asked. And then there's Jesus' brother, James. In the book of James, he says this, you do not have because you do not what? Ask. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Hmm, that's interesting tension, isn't it? We probably do need to check our motives when we're asking. But that doesn't mean don't ask. That just means check your motives. And we know we're sinful, so that doesn't mean don't ask. Probably just confess your sinfulness. God wants to give us good gifts. And then there's Paul. And look what he said. This reminds me of my backpacking trip. Do not be anxious about anything late at night in my tent. Is the bear coming or is the bear not coming? Hmm, will we find the phone that we lost on the trail or are we just not going to find the phone, God? We didn't find it. <laughs> Do not be anxious about everything. Anything. Don't be anxious about anything, Brian. But in every situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your what? Request to God. Every situation, request. Say it with me. Every situation, request. Every situation, request. That's a good God. Remember the thief on the cross? How dare he? How dare he ask? Is there a place for me in paradise? I didn't have the right motives most of my life, but at this point I'm realizing I'm with somebody special and you seem to have access to heaven and I have faith in you right now. Is there a place for me in paradise? Truly, Jesus said, there is. Wow, that's scandalous. Some of us don't believe and want and hope that's true because that doesn't seem fair. Even somebody like that can ask? Our psalmist is far from the thief on the cross, but close enough, our psalmist wants to go the way. Our psalmist understands they're not very good at going and falling the way. But the psalmist also knows there's this love that's covering them that they can what? Ask and ask and ask and ask. Here's what I find, and hold this quote, maybe take a picture because you'll need to come back to it. Making requests to God results in greater reliance on Him and deeper realizations, regardless if we receive our desired reply. Isn't that interesting? That's what God wants. God wants more than anything for us to grow in dependence with him because we might not always get the answer, but he yearns for us to grow in deeper and greater reliance. And isn't it interesting, sometimes when you ask and ask and ask, you don't get what you want, but what you get is this realization about yourself and your realization about your circumstances, and that is what? Enough. That becomes the answer. So let's remember our big idea today. Finding the way involves what? Seeking God's gracious support by endlessly requesting. You aren't good enough, but you're covered by the blood of Jesus. Faith helps you enter into this journey. All you have to do is say, "I believe, or God, help my unbelief. And then Ask and be led. So, as you go today, what are two ways you need the Lord's gracious support? What do you need to start asking Him about? And this week, could asking be the thing that grows your independence? God, I have no idea what to do in this meeting right now. God, I'm walking to this situation. Will you help me right now? God, I am hungry, tired, and angry. Help me deal with that. Lord, what is next for my future? What if those thoughts and those things just led you as you're going along the way to him? Will you ask him? Will you accept his answers? Let's take a moment. Just confess whatever you need to right now or just ask whatever you need to right now based on what's been said as we move forward this morning. Lord, we give you this moment. Speak to us. This is your moment Help us convey to you what we need to confess. Help us grow in requesting. Thank you for tuning into our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at werpcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for WRPCC.